our cares behind. Leave our cares behind on this day of Sabbath. Oh God, on this your holy day, on this your holy day, we've come to give you praise. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Can we just magnify God in this space today? Can we worship and magnify our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Ruler, our Redeemer? Come on. Can we do better now? Can we just put our hands together and worship God in this space this morning? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Happy Sabbath, everybody. God is so good. And all the time, and he is truly worthy to be praised. It's a blessing and an honor to be back in God's house. Amen. It's a blessing and an honor to be in God's house just one more time to be able to worship and magnify our King. A King, just want to take this moment to just welcome you um, here in the space today. Those of you who are with us online, we thank God for you. We bless you this morning. And we want to say welcome to the Tabernacle of Praise. Welcome to the top. Amen. Come on, family God, can we just put our hands together for those that are in virtual land? Let them know that we appreciate them, affirm them, let them know that we love them. Also, we want to take this moment to just thank you who are here in the physical space. Praise God for you. We know that you could do something else and be doing something else, but you have made a conscious decision to come and worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath morning. So we bless you today as well. Um, again, God is good. And all the time, and he is truly an amazing God. Um, we are in a new month, the month of September, and we're, okay, okay, okay. We have some birthdays in the month. I know we have one birthday in the month of September. I, I, I know we have at least one. I heard the woo-woo. So, <laughs> September baby. Amen. We have, we have two September babies in our family. Amen. One on the 10th and the other one's on the 13th. We were praying that the, both of them, you know, that the one that came on the, on the 10th, didn't, didn't, the one that came on the 13th didn't come on the 10th. I think that's how that went. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we did not want to have to celebrate two birthdays. I know if you like me, I want my own. Come on, somebody. I don't want to share mine with my brother or my sister. I love them, but give me my own. And so we have um, one on the 10th and one on the 13th, and we praise God. Somebody else. Who, the, the 17th. The 22nd. And the 24th. Michael's the 24th. That threw me for a minute because you said your brother's the 24th, and then you said Mike's the 24th, and it kind of threw me. Yeah. That kind of messed me up with that one. I was like, who? The 16th. Yours the 16th. So we have a lot of September. Anybody out here is September? I see your point. The 11th. Amen. The 11th. Anyone celebrating one today? Your mother would have been. Today would have been the day. Well, if you're celebrating your birthday in the month of September, I'm going to ask if you could just stand with us as we celebrate you and sing to you. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Amen, amen. Elder Kwame, I seen your hand go up in the back back there. You have one this month, the, the second. It was the second. Amen. Well, happy birthday to you, too, as well, Doc. Any anniversaries in this month? Yay! <laughs> it's always good to hear the yay versus amen. So that's a good thing, amen. I wish we had an anniversary song. I know there are some out there, but we're going to hold on to that one. But we, what, how many years? Seven years. And we still yaying in the house. Come on. And what's the date? The 13th. Okay, amen, amen. So we're celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, and this month. Your nephew's birthday is on the 13th? <laughs> amen. Praise God. So we want to celebrate all birthdays and anniversaries this month. I want to ask you just to continue to pray one for another. Amen. Let's just turn to our neighbor, one to the left, to the right, and just look at them in the face and just say, Happy Sabbath. Let us pray. <laughs> Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful. So blessed and honored to be able to celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, and just life on this year, your Sabbath. As we now continue to fellowship and worship in spirit and in truth, we are again just saying, come and sup with us. Um, have your way here today. Do what you need to do. Let us not leave here the same way we came. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I thank you. Thank you, Lord. For my mind, my body, my health, my strength. Thank you. For he is truly an amazing God. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. Yes. As we gather our hearts and our thoughts, as we prepare for prayer, uh, we want to pray for Sister Diane Bonds, Stephanie Purdy and family. We want to remember Deacon Miller and family, Sister Elaine Stewart. want to remember her in prayer. We also want to remember uh, Sister Alexandria Doyle in prayer. And we also want to ask that we lift up our church as on next week we'll be having our spiritual gift class. And we pray a special prayer that God will move on the hearts of his children as we seek out the gifts that God has placed in us. Uh, some of us, we, we serve in different spaces and in different places, but but we want to serve where God has gifted us to serve. And so on next week, as we pray today for that special day, let's ask God to, re to just have his way. So next week after service, we'll be doing our spiritual gift class. There will be a, a light meal afterwards. Um, and so we ask that you would keep that in prayer. As always, we want to lift up those that are viewing with us online. We want to pray over our online audience. And for those of you who are in the physical space, if you want to 
come down a little close to the altar, we do encourage you to do so. But we know that God is a very present help in a time of storm. And we know that he makes no mistakes. For those of you who choose to remain at your seat, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we look to God in prayer. It's prayer time. Even me. Father and our God, our Savior, our King, our Lord, and our Savior. We are so thankful again for this privilege and this honor that you have given us to come before you, O oh God. We thank you, Father, for our last night lying down and our early morning rising. We thank you for traveling mercies, O oh God, and just allowing us to make it to this space. But Father, we cannot come to this space and this place without first asking you to forgive us of our sins. We can approach your throne, O oh God, without seeking forgiveness of our many sins and asking, O oh God, not just to forgive us, but also to help us um, to not do that again. Uh, whatever it is, O oh God, that is in the way between you and us, that you will remove it out the way, O oh God. And if you have given us the strength and the courage and the ability to move it, then Father, grant us that. That Father, if you laid it on us, Father God, to turn from our evil ways. That's what you said, Father God. If my people would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, that lets me know, Father God, that I have a responsibility, oh God, when it comes to getting it right with you. That it's not just coming to you, oh God, alone, but you have given us, oh God, and uh, the, the, a, a task uh, to turn from, to walk away from. That's something that we have to do, oh God. And so, Father, we're just so humbly uh, uh, elated at the fact that, that you have even called us and have chosen us. So as we gather today, oh God, do what you do. Uh, throw your weight around, oh God, in this space. Uh, shake us up, O oh God, and let us not leave here the same way we came. We lift up before you those that are viewing online, O oh God. Lord, you know the circumstances. You know their situation. And we're asking you, God, that you will just stop by their home, their place of employment, be it someone viewing this service on their job, that they will be able to touch heaven in a very special way and know that, that your presence reaches even through the airwaves. And so, God, have your way today. Uh, break up the fallow ground and mend the broken hearts. We're asking, oh God, that you will come in this physical space and that you will touch those that are kneeling down at their seats or even gathered around their seats, that you will look at them, oh God, and see them and that you will transform, renew the right spirit within them, oh God, restore the joy financial blessings, oh God, emotional, physical, social, whatever it is, oh God, 
we ask you to do it and do it now. And for those that have come close, oh God, to the altar, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would touch them where they are as well. Let them not leave this gathering, God, the same way they came out, out of their seats. Father, there are those that are in need of you that we have on this list. We ask, oh God, that you will cover the Bond family. We're asking, oh God, that you will be with Sister Dion in a very special way. We're asking, oh God, that you will cover her from head to toe. You know what she needs before she's even in need of it. So do what you do, oh God. Have your way right now, God. We're also asking for uh, Stephanie and her family, oh God. The Purdy family, oh God, that you will do what you do in their lives. You know what they need. You know the hurt. You know the pain. You know the struggles, oh God. So God, stop by that home. And show yourself strong, O oh God. And in the name of Jesus, we believe that as it is said, it is so. And it is done. We're asking, O oh God, that you will cover the Miller family who's lost a, a, a loved one, O oh God, still battling uh, uh, the loss of a family. Uh, Lord, we know, O oh God, that you uh, cover those that are hurting uh, in such a way. Uh, Father God, that, that you're in touch with the infirmities of your children, the pain uh, that we experience, oh God, that only a God can bring relief to. Man don't have the ability. Man uh, don't have the know-how, but only a God, the only one that understands us better than we understand ourselves, can soothe a sin-sick soul, oh God. So cover the family in the name of Jesus. We're asking, God, that you will be with Sister Elaine uh, Stewart, oh God. We're asking in the name of Jesus that you, will, that you will gravitate towards her even now under the sound of my voice. That you will let her know that she is loved and that she's cared for. Let her know, God, that you are still in the healing business. No matter what friends may say, what the enemy may say, oh God, is not about what they say. But it's about what you say. And you said that you are a friend. You say that you are a provider and a healer. So, Father, show up in Elaine's life and let her know that you have her. We also, Lord, want to lift up before you, Sister Alexandria, in a very special way, oh God. That you will show up and show out in her life. Be with her husband as well. Be with the children, oh God. Show them your glory in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak over this here sanctuary today. We speak over the choir. We speak over the musicians. We speak over the, the physical people in this place, oh God. We speak over the message. We speak over our ushers. We thank you so much for what you have done and what you are doing. We speak over our congregation. We speak life. We speak hope. We speak deliverance. We speak clarity in the name of Jesus. And Father, that way when we leave here, we will know that we have been with you. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again.
Amen. Online is watching and they're not hearing. Amen. So, so, so if we could, um, thank you so much. Uh, 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 we're going to, we're going to, we're going to believe that God is going to fix all of this. Amen. Uh, 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 but, but, but we see here that, that the children of Israel are now being called to a new thing. Uh, 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 are we good? Oh, uh, amen. So the Exodus then began at night. Uh, 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 this night of solemn observing is, is, is the very same day or, or, or the self same day, if you will, as an event that happened some 430 years before. <sighs> to the exact date, it, it kind of puts me in mind of uh, uh, when, I, when, I, when I was introduced to, to my bride and, and how it was a year to the date that she saw me in church that we got married. Here it is, a year, 430 years to date uh, when God spoke uh, uh, to Abraham. Uh, uh, I'm just going to read it here in your hearing. Uh, 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 then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Uh, and he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And so he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then Abraham brought all these things to the Lord and, and cut them in two down the middle. The Bible goes on to say, and he placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. Uh, verse 12 says, then when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and a great darkness fell upon him. And, and then he said to Abram, meaning God, now know certainty that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And all the nations whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. I need you to understand how God is laying the foundation as he's speaking to Abraham. Let me go a little further here in Genesis 15, uh, 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 verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. That behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces that Abraham had cut. And on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And verse 13 sums it up, says that God states that Abraham's descendant 
would be afflicted, yet finally they will be delivered. This is that very same day to which Exodus chapter 12, in which we just read, is referring to. The beginning of the, uh, 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 of the 15th day just after sunset. So we hear, we see the children of Israel going from slaves to servants of the living God. Uh, uh, this is a very special evening for the children of Israel that God is now coming through on his promise. If I can just put a pin right there because I believe some of us have been waiting long for God to show up on our behalf. Some of us have been waiting quite some time wondering if God is still in the blessing business. I, 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 if I can just help you along the way because I realize that there are times when we just seem to forget that God is still the God of the universe. I get it. I understand because when you've been in a situation so long, sometimes the situation can overtake your mind. Sometimes when you're in a situation so long, it seems like the situation is now beginning to overtake even your health. I, I, I get it. I get it. I realize it, family of God, because there are times when you've been in a place so long where it seems as if God has shut the door, turned out the lights and went about his business. But oh, if I can help you this morning to let you know that God is not a God that forgets. That even after 430 years, God remembered his promise to Abram. Oh, I wish I understood. Oh, I wish I had my help right there because I need us to realize that God is still doing big things. See, Exodus, Exodus, if I can go back. Just a little bit because, see, uh, 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 Exodus chapter 7, uh, 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 verse 4 to 5 tells us a Pharaoh surrendered because God's strong, mighty hand afflicted terrible judgment upon Israel. Uh, 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 there was no, or this was no ordinary plagues that took place. This wasn't a common thing. Uh, 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 they, were, they were direct punches from God straight to the face of Pharaoh. God wasn't playing. God wasn't holding back. God wasn't, 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 wasn't fooling around. God was intentional about how he moved in this situation. And here we see here a, a, a God a, a showing up on behalf of the Israelites. You see, when Pharaoh said, arise, take your people and go, Pharaoh began to realize that God is mighty. Somebody, somebody, somebody said that when Pharaoh said that, that Pharaoh was simply just asking for a blessing. But I, I would like to believe that after that last plague that struck the land of Egypt and all the firstborns was lost, was killed, slain, even Pharaoh's son, that Pharaoh figured that if God can bless you, can I just get one blessing from him? There it is right there in the text. I get it. I know, I know it doesn't make sense, but, but, but I need you to understand. Let me just read it for you because I know, I don't, you know, Pharaoh, Pharaoh wanted, wanted a blessing. 
verse 31, if I, verse 32, we didn't read that, but I'm going to go back and read it for you because also Pharaoh was telling the truth. Let me just go to 31. Uh, uh, the Bible says, then he called for Moses. This is Pharaoh. He calls for Moses and Aaron by night. And he said, rise, go out from among my people, both of you and the children of Israel. So Pharaoh calls Moses now. After all of the plagues, now I don't know, I told the story, I preached last week and I talked about some foolishness that I've done where you would think the first time would be the one time that you say, you know what, let me tell the truth. And it took at least four different moments with my daddy in the basement before I finally came to my senses. You would think after the first plague, Pharaoh would have came to his senses, you would have thought that some stuff is just so clear and so plain. But let's just be real, family of God. That's why we are in the stuff that we're in, because we're still walking around with blinders on. We're still moving as if we got it all under control. And the handwriting, come on, Nebuchadnezzar, is right there on the wall. Uh, the writing is on the wall, but yet we move as if. We got it all together, and Pharaoh, you would think, after the first, maybe even the second, somebody said, well, maybe it'll take the third, but must we get to ten for my firstborn to die before I finally get to a place in verse 32 where he's now saying, also take your flocks and your herds, and you have said and be gone and then he throw this in here there it is right there and bless me also my first if, if, you know bless me also you know sometimes when tragedy strikes it, it it calls us to to come to our senses some some sometime the best place to be is in a crucible yeah, I know, I know, I get it. I, hey. Because outside of the crucible, you don't, you, you, you got it all mapped out. You, 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 you got it all together. Uh, you, everything is, you know, you, you walk in on the high plains of life. Sometimes the valley is the best place for you because while you're on the mountaintop, all you're doing is looking down. But when you're in the valley, all you could do is look up. And sometimes God's got to get you to a place for you to look up. Pharaoh crying now, Lord, bless me too. I can imagine his son's gone and he's devastated and, 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 and messed up. So Pharaoh uh, didn't simply allow Israel to leave. And this is the, this is, this is the ironic thing right here, that, 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 that he not only, he didn't just allow them to leave, but just like the Bible prophesied, just like God told Abraham back in Genesis that Abraham, he's going to force, I mean that Pharaoh is going to force them to leave. So not only that, if you look at Exodus chapter 1, I mean chapter 11, verse 1, uh, uh, we read the account that now uh, he commanded them to go. This is just what the Lord told Moses would happen. Uh, when he let you go, he will surely drive you out of her altogether. This is what God told Moses what will happen. 
God told Abram that you will be held in captivity, but yet you will be delivered. You will go into a, a difficult time, but you will be delivered. You will go into exile, but I need you to understand me. You will be delivered. You will go through some hard times, but I need you to understand you will be delivered. You will experience loss. You will experience hatred. You will experience those that will, that, 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 that will um, um, stab you in the back. But I need you to understand that we serve a God that is in the deliverance business. And when you are obedient and you're walking according to his laws and his statue, he said, I will not leave you to be overtaken. And so just like God spoke to Moses and told Moses to go to Pharaoh, Pharaoh rise up and said, go take him, take him from amongst me. Pharaoh said it as a crushed man. This right here, when Pharaoh was speaking in chapter 12 here, he, as Pharaoh is speaking as a man that is broken. He just lost his firstborn. So he is speaking from a broken and crushed place. Take them and go. It is filled with details which we understood rightly should make us say how wondrous are the works of God. But the main point isn't that Pharaoh finally relent by saying rise, go out from amongst us, uh, 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 my people. But the main point is that he relent as Moses had said Pharaoh didn't simply allow Israel to leave. He now commands them to leave. Go get, he gives them an order to go. Take them. Go. Because the Egyptian people also agreed that the Israelites must go as well. You see, sometimes God would allow even your enemies to speak on your behalf. Sometimes God will allow even those that have been coming against you to stand up for you. Yeah, even the Israelites, even the Egyptians, I'm sorry. Even the Egyptians were saying, you must go now. But just the day before, just 24 hours earlier, uh, uh, that wasn't the story. Uh, just 24 hours ago, you was trying to figure out who was going to bake the bread. You was trying to, who was going to make the bricks. Just 24 hours ago, I was a slave, but now the tables have been turned. Now, now you see my God for who I've been telling you who he is. I've been telling you he's mighty. I've been saying that all along that he's able to deliver. 430 years you've been duped. 430 years you've been hoodwinked. 430 years you've been begotten. But now you see that God is able to deliver and now you won't end. Moses speaks for God, for God is who reveals himself through speech. In other words, when he speaks, meaning God, he, his arm will also follow. 
This is the amazing thing about the word of God. You see, the Bible we have contains God's very word so that we can trust that these words that we are reading will come to pass. That's why we can stand on the promises and believe that when he says, if, if, if there are two or three gathered in my name there, will I be in the midst? Bible tells us that. The word of God declares that. The word of God declares declares that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So it's not that I have to do anything but lift up the name of Jesus. God spoke these words long time ago. The reality is they're coming to pass now. And the sad case is even in the story of the ark. When God told Noah to build the ark. There were those that just did not understand, still had a problem with believing, still had an issue with trusting, still had nothing to do with it until the rain came. Until the doors were shut and there was no way in. Now we come to our senses. I used to always ask the question, why must we get to a place where we have nowhere else to go when God has been dropping breadcrumbs along the way for you to find your way back home, but we still choose to do our own thing. And then when we find ourselves back up against the wall, nowhere to go, nothing to do, it seems like now all of a sudden you're looking at God like, why this? Now we mad at God. Now we blaming God as if God is the reason for your demise. And we overlook the fact that we've made some dumb moves in this game called chess. You done set your queen up to be captured and now you're mad because the person that you're playing with don't have any heart. And now we're upset. Now we have a problem. Now we're looking at God and fail to realize that it was the move that you made. It was the things that you said, the stuff that you did. So God is here simply being who he said he is. I am a deliverer. I am a provider. I am the one that you can turn to, the one that you can lean on. So here we go. Uh, God, we see the children of Israel going from slavery to a servant of the Lord. But not only that, we see the children of Israel uh, 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 in this exodus uh, uh, as they observe uh, 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 the night of solemn observance. They go from fear to favor. Once they were living in fear of what the Egyptians would do. Fear of the Egyptians living in fear. I told the story before about the time when I used to get bullied. I'm not going to tell it anymore because I think I told it enough. But I was in fear. So I know a little bit something about fear. Not only was I bullied, but I remember my daddy one time, another incident where I was fearful. My daddy sent me in the backyard to get something out the car at about 930 at night. It was dark outside, and I remember on my way back to the house from back in the garage, getting the stuff out the car, 
the wind start blowing. And as the wind began to blow, Sister Beverly, the trees began to move. And as the trees moved, the reflections on the side of the garage looked like big arms that was trying to get me. And I went from a, 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 a young man, or shall I say a young boy who wanted to impress his daddy by going to the car to get that which he asked me to get to a young boy who was fearful because something was out there trying to get me. I done scared myself. The Israelites were fearful, afraid of these Egyptians. But now God shows up on the scene and no more are they fearful, but now they have favor. You see, Exodus 12, 12 speaks of that favor. Uh, we read of how the Egyptians were urgent with the people. Oh, yeah, because they were terribly afraid of them. The Israelites were also desperate to leave Egypt. One community was urgent because of fear, and the other one was urgent because they couldn't wait to get out. Is it possible to fear God in two different, say, uh, uh, two, two different ways? Even though experiencing his judgment, the other through experiencing his protection. The writer of the book of Exodus also gives us a one interesting piece of detail that Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Here the Israelites were slaves one moment and the next moment they were asking the Egyptians for silver and gold. For clothing. This was because God gave them favor. God shows his effective transformation blessings on his people. God told them to do it and made it possible for it to be done. God spoke that. God said, I need you to go and I need you to ask them of these things. And they were so willingly ready to give it up. That's favor. See, that's favor when you can go to your haters and say, bless me. And they bless you. Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all understand. I, I, I know I'm talking a little off, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. But, 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 but because we've never experienced it before, some of us, we only want to fool with our haters. We want to just lead them over on the sideline and just let them be where they are. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to fool with them. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to talk to them. But God is calling you to look at them, talk to them, and draw them to him. Favor. God said, I've given you. I'm trying to show you that I can break through even your worst critic. I'm trying to show you that I can show up in any situation. I want you to see that I'm able to bring you through any circumstances. I need you to understand that I am faithful, if you would but let me. I, I, I need you to understand uh, uh, my children. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is wanting us to understand is that I've given you what you need. I've given you everything you need to get over. Now, I would like to believe that even those 430 years God could have showed up at any given moment. But I would like to believe that sometimes God leave us in a situation for our own good. That God have to leave us in there because the truth of the matter is we really don't want to come out. Some of us, we've gotten comfortable in an uncomfortable place. 
Some of us, we walked around with two tight shoes on so long where we can, we don't even feel the pain no more. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh-huh. Some of us, we, we done got to a place where the signs are all there, but we still move, do, act, speak, do everything as if ain't nothing wrong. We become numb. We, 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 done, we, done, we, done, we done become blinded by our own foolishness. Sometimes you can tell a lie so many times where you begin to believe the lie. And we done got caught up in our own stuff where we think that this is the best way, the right way, and the only way. Because you have factored God out of the equation. I'm speaking from experience right here, right now. I need somebody to understand and realize what's going on here because God will leave, will leave you in a place longer than you need to be. Sometimes we say that old saying that the enemy will take you further than you want to go and leave you longer than you want to be there and keep you longer than you want to be there. Sometimes the enemy wants you to come out because you're beginning to make, some, make a difference in there just because of the anointing that's on your life. But sometimes God leaves you there because God is trying to do something else. You see, too many times we focus on one thing and God is saying, no, no, you're focusing on the wrong thing. See, while you're trying to come up, I'm trying to keep you right there. Because it's right here where I got sister so-and-so going to show up and she's going to need you right here. But see, you're praying to go up when you need to be working on staying right here. How do I know? I've been there. Everything I talk to you about, I've been there. I've done it. I got so many stories, but I don't want to bore you with my life. I'll come and talk to you about the word of God. But it's amazing how God has taken my life and placed it right in the word of God. I said it before. I said it again that we are literally modern day Bible characters. That's what we are. Your situation is no different than somebody in the word of God. God is just using you in 2023 to help somebody along the way. So God is taking these children of Israelites on a journey, taking them from, from fear to favor. Let me get out of here now. He wants to take them uh, from sight to faith. You see, as the people finally leave, uh, we're given the scale of this movement of some 600,000 men, not including the women and children. Uh, these were a lot of people that God has given Moses to lead. And I want you to put a pen right there because I need you to understand that Joshua and Caleb was right there with him. As we move through this, we understand and know that, 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 that there were also people from other nations as described by the mixed multitude in verse 38. The narrative also gives us an interesting detail to remind us of the amount of time the Israelites spent in Egypt. Moses tells us that they spent 430 years. And this is, a this is special because earlier on in Genesis 15, 13, God had actually told Abraham about the future of Israel and how they will be afflicted for 430 years. This is why Moses kept going back to this. He was trying to tell the Israelites that this was already predicted. Family of God, help me right here. I need you to understand that there are things that we go through that has already been predicted. God had already set it up. And if you just hang on in there. 
It's already been set up. It's already been laid out. Before the foundation, God had already ordained it. He already positioned it. We just have to learn how to trust him when we can't trace him. God already set it up. That's why Moses kept bringing this thing back to their remembrance. This was also referred to in Acts chapter 7, verse 6, and it shows us again and again of God's character. God said it in his word of, I will never leave you and I will never forsaken you. He never said that you will never experience hardship. He never, not one time said that you will never have to go through anything. Never, not one time did he say that it's all good in the neighborhood. (laughs) Not one time did he tell you that. But what he did tell you was that you will be going out amongst wolves. But don't worry about it. But I'm going to set a hedge of protection around you. I'm going to keep you. In the midst of it all. So family of God, we can go where we need to go, when we want to go, as long as you go with God. You can go on your job and you can walk in there boldly. Now don't worry about supervisors, you child of God. See, too many times we get caught up in the foolishness. We start listening to what the naysayers got to say. Turn them off. Tune them out. Don't worry about your position. I know I'm talking, you say, well, Pastor, you got a job. No, I got God. Because this thing can shut down anytime. You know what I'm talking about. Don't have me putting it out on the, uh, no, no. I'm walking according to the word of the living God. I am here because of God. I'm standing because of God. No man, no woman, no child did this. It was nothing but the goodness of God. That's why I move the way that I move and speak the way that I speak and talk the way that I feel. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a child of the king. I don't, I don't get caught up in what folks say. I can't afford to. I'm still flesh. And I start listening to what folks say. I may start saying something back. And if I can be honest and transparent up here, I don't always talk Bible. Every now and again, I have to hold my mule. Because somebody then said something, and I'm like, Lord, my wife used to have to remind me all the time. I told you, I told you she had to remind me all the time. She said, honey, you are a pastor. You can't say that to nobody. I'd be wanting to, boy, I remember I used to try to run folk over. I tell my wife, I said, baby, they saw me get in this car. And you know they saw me. I came out of my house, got in the car, and they want to play all out in front of the car. I said, I got something for them. <laughs> and then when I start the car and you don't hear the car, oh, now you're playing now. Now you're playing. Now you're playing. <laughs> but I do what I do now because of God. And too many times we allow what people say get to us. We don't know how to turn them off. We feel like we got to tune in to the foolishness. Don't do that. 
Learn how to have a discerning spirit. That's what this spiritual gift class is all about. So you can discern your gift where your lane is, how to move and how to function in a space where you're able to be successful in this thing called Christianity. Because too many times we are functioning in a dysfunctional space. And we are doing a disservice to the kingdom of God. But when you start walking and moving under the gifts that God has called you, you can stand up to them. Not just in the church. Because I need you to understand that your spiritual gifts is not just a church thing, but he gives you those gifts so you can go out into the world. And draw some folk in here. Your gift of hospitality is not just for these church folk. Your gift of, of, um, of um, servanthood is not just for the church. Every gift that God has given you is not just for you alone. But it's so that you can edify and grow the body of Christ. Even with this gift called preaching, it's not just for me to preach to you, but when I leave these walls, I'm still preaching. When I'm on the basketball court, I'm preaching. When I'm in wall, oh, I flow. I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm talking the love of God. I'm displaying the character of God. But I had to learn that. Elder, I had to learn that I hadn't always had that knowledge and that understanding. I didn't know that my gifts follow me wherever I go. It's not just something that I put on on Sabbath and then take off Sabbath evening when sunset. But this thing carries over to my J-O-B. I'm still a child of God. I'm still a representative of the kingdom of God. 440, 30 years. God told them that this was going to happen. God is letting us know today that there are some things that will happen, but I need you to be, I need you to understand and know that I will not leave you and I will not forsaken you. So here it is. At the end of this 430 years, on that very same day, apparently the exodus from Egypt began on the same calendar year of the 430 anniversary of the Israelite time in Egypt. It is remarkable to the evidence that God often fulfilled promises on the anniversaries of prior or prophesied events. So God shows up in a way that lets you know that you will not forget this. That's why we still celebrate communion. That's why we still have all of these baptisms. God is saying, I'm doing something then that's going to carry over into the years to come. And then when Jesus shows up on the scene, uh, if I could just bag up on this communion because I think I lost somebody, to just let you know that when Jesus showed up um, on the scene uh, that he made the transfer from the Passover, no more are they celebrating the Passover. Now they're celebrating the Lord's Supper, what we call communion. And it's on that eve, that eve when they were to celebrate where my Jesus was taken captive. Again, another pivotal point in history. At a time when they should be celebrating. Now, they're talking about the death of their leader. Just a few years ago, my family and I was at home. We were celebrating the fourth. Everybody was excited. Everybody was thrilled. We got a phone call that our nephew or our cousin was killed. 
what should have been a joyous moment, what should have been a time of excitement with family and friends and celebrating this here day. Family come from out of town, family drove from far to spend time with us at our house and, and we were all excited, there was a buzz in the air, the music was going on and it was just a good vibe. And then the phone rang and it changed everything. Somebody here today, you're looking at me and you're listening to me but you need to understand that change comes. Things will show up that will change your life because you now have to function differently. To look at life differently causes you now to have to hold your head differently. And God is saying that I must allow this to happen because I'm on the move to do something greater. And sometimes we forget that God is trying to do something greater because we're so engulfed in what's going on right now. I can't function with what's happening in my world right now that I can't see God on a greater scale. I can't see God in the lofty place because of what I'm experiencing right now. It seems to be so overwhelming. I can't understand it, God. I can't make sense of it, God. It's just not lining up. Why am I experiencing such heartache and such pain? Why am I experiencing such devastation blow after blow, drama after drama, trouble after trouble? It seemed like I tried to take two steps forward and I get pushed back 10. And I prayed last night. I studied. I've done everything, God, that you asked me to. And it seemed as if the more I try to trust you, the harder it gets. And God is saying, that's all right. Trust me anyhow. But Leave me anyhow. Hold on anyhow. Because I am a God that can't forget. I'm a God that see the end from the beginning. Uh, and if I bring you to it, I'll bring you through it. Uh, I just need about three people in the house uh, that don't mind giving God praise. Uh, letting him know that if you bring me to it, I'll be, he'll bring you through it. Uh, to trust him in the midst of it all. The children of Israel... 430 years of them going through this experience of slavery, being held captive in a foreign land. And now God has set them free. God has now heard their prayers. God is showing himself to be a God that hears and he not just hear them but he actively gets involved and he sends them out of there with more than they had before they went in too many we want to we want to abort we want to god's got something better for you Something greater for you. You can't see it right now. You're not supposed to see it right now. But if you could just trust him and hold on to him, there is something better coming, something greater coming. Something that's going to take what you're going through right now. And was that it? Was that it? Was, was, that, was that really it, Jesus? You mean that is what I was laying up all night crying about? 
Because what he has for you, family of God, is better. And I would like to go as far as to tell somebody in here today, and I don't want to be all prophetic and be speaking all out of, I, 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 you know, out, of, out of the side of my neck, if you will, but I believe that God wants to bless somebody right here, right now. Too many times we want to wait till we get to heaven. Yeah, yeah, he got a blessing when we get to heaven. Let me tell you something. God blesses people down here. You just got to hold on. You can just, you can just, you can just, you, you just got to hold on. Because God sees everything. And I can just imagine, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not God, I, I'm not trying to be God, but I can, I can just imagine. And when we're on our knees praying and crying and pleading the blood <laughs> over our situation, that God is up there in heaven just, I will even go as far as say he's standing right beside you while you're on your knees, looking at you like this, if they only knew. If they only knew what I have for them. If they can only see what I see. They looking at right now. They looking at the hurt, the pain, the devastation, the drama right now. But God is saying, I need you quit looking at your right now. And look at me right now. Quit looking at your right now. And look at Jesus right now. And don't take your eyes off him. And when he tells you to move, you move. Quit trying to outsmart God. Quit trying to outthink God. Quit trying to play God. Quit trying to put God on some type of rope and stringing him along. Quit treating God like some type of pick me up and put me down. I don't feel like it today. But I'll get to it tomorrow. Quit treating God like some, some has been. God is real. And he said, I love you even still. Even though you've been treating me all kinds of ways. I still love you. Even though you refuse to change, I still love you. But that don't mean I need you to stay there. I'm just letting you know I'm going to love you to the end. Now what's going to make a difference is do you love him? You see, we're not going to get in heaven solely based off of God's love for us. Hey, I need somebody to hear me right here, right now. We don't make it in solely based off of God's love for us. 
we make it in because of our love for him. Because just to say Jesus died for me, but I refuse to accept his truth, you don't love him. But he loves you. So just because he died for you, it's not enough. The question is, will you die for him? I'm going to be honest with you. I might look at Call my number. I've come to realize that there is something better that God has for me. I said it before and I say it again, and I believe that God is that God is, is true and that He's faithful and that He is a promise keeper. Everything that I need. God has given it to me. Stuff that I didn't even know that I needed, he's given it to me. And then there are some things I thought I needed and God kept from me. And when I look back over my life, I'm shouting God right now. I'm just doing the holy dance right now. I tear this church up, boy, I tell you, because he kept that thing from me. Hallelujah. Because had he had blessed me with that, there is no way he could bless me with you. <laughs> Somebody get that later. Just like there are some things that God has kept from you. And had he given that thing to you, you wouldn't be looking at me right now. <laughs> Ain't God good? Because I believe, and I'm ending right here. That every last one of us in here would rather be here than somewhere else. Now, if you'd rather be somewhere else, just raise your hand. I just want to see. You know, normally I don't put nobody on the spot like that, but I really want to see this time. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. But if you really don't want to be up in here today, if you was drugged here, kicking and screaming, just raise your hand. Now, are you scratching or are you just? <laughs> we want to be here. You love God. Then let's follow after him. Can we do that? If you want to follow God, can you just stand with me as we pray out of here? A night of solemn observing. This is a night where the children of Israel observed what God had done for them. And likewise, I want to encourage us to observe what God is doing for you. Father God, again, we thank you so much for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. Lord, a night of solemn observance, observing your goodness, your grace, and your mercy over our lives. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for caring for us and keeping us. Mm. Dangers seen and unseen. You are amazing. And we don't always get it right. But I thank you for your faithfulness that covers even our foolishness. Giving us a second chance. So Father, here we are. Keep us. 
and we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's put our hands together. Let's worship God in this space. beautiful message today. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed? Yes. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. Yes. Will not suffer you to go to be tempted above what you're able. Amen. Whatever you're going through, know God is right there with you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Let's stand for our benediction. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for this solemn message, Lord, that you have given us today, Lord. Help us, Lord, to trust you throughout the trials, throughout the tribulation, knowing, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Now bless us as we leave this place, but never from your presence. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe. 